everybody, welcome back to Kicking in the Second Half, Kish YZ. I would like to first start off by saying that, wow, finally somebody won a home game in that Clippers-Mavs series. Game seven, winner go home for either team, and the Clippers came up big. But the question I have is, how is the Clippers advancing good for LeBron? So let's get into that. First, we're going to start off with Kawhi Leonard's performance in the first round. Wow, what a performance. You know, this was something that we were expecting to see last season in the playoffs, especially, specifically because of all the hype of what it, which team was the better team between the two L.A. teams. And people were definitely expecting the Clippers to be the team in the NBA Finals. And even though that didn't happen, um, apparently they didn't let that get them down as far as repeating that same mistake, which looked like it started out that way when they went 0-2 against the first uh, two games against the Mavs in this series, which both of them were home court games for the Clippers. So it looked like they were definitely tunneling down that road. But with the Clippers making it past the first round and the way Kawhi Leonard's playing, the way Paul George is playing, and his teammates, is it wrong to say that Kawhi Leonard is the best player in L.A., at least as of right now, until LeBron or AD become 100%? I think that's what we have to say. I think that is the narrative now, is that Kawhi Leonard, as of right now, is the best player in L.A. And let's just see what this does as far as what difference did the Clippers make, you know, maybe going from last year to going to this year. Uh, like I said, comparing the two playoff performances, I know it was only round one, but the way they went out last year, I think that was round two after beating the Mavs and then losing to the Denver Nuggets is just um, unforgivable in a way. Um, so let, let's move forward to now. So it looks like the Clippers, they finally found the voice and identity. And I think we saw that, especially after the first two losses against the Mavericks in this past first round series, where Kawhi Leonard is actually being more vocal and he is getting on teammates and holding teammates accountable. Uh, because, you know, a couple of games there, you know, he was having good games, you know, looking at the numbers, looking at the stats. It's like, you look like a great player on paper, but is that enough? And the answer is no, it's not enough. If you want to be a leader, if you want to carry a team, you need somebody to be the vocal leader. And with this Clippers culture and the way it was built last year with him going to L.A. and him wanting them to sign Paul George, you needed to identify this culture and you needed to be the one to be the voice, to be the leader of this, because this was built based off your request and what you wanted. And now we're finally seeing him be what he needed to be last year. And that, to me, is coming about because of the guidance from Rondo. Um, you know, there's been a couple of times in this past series where Rondo kind of got on him, especially I think it was the shot that Kawhi took at the end of game six, which cost them game six. Um, or no, maybe it was game five. I'm sorry, game five in L.A., and Kawhi kind of airballed the three-point shot there from the corner, and Rondo just gave him a stare-down look, like, what was that? What did you just do? Like, that's not um, – that wasn't a great look. That wasn't a great shot. You know, there was better options. You, you know better than that. You should be able to 
who perform better under pressure and make the right play. Like, don't get yourself down that hole. And with that being said, it seems like the Clippers have finally, you know, the price that they pay for Ray John Rondo has finally paid off because of them wanting him initially and then not getting him in the offseason, but making the trade with Atlanta in the middle of the season before the trade deadline. They're finally getting what they wanted and finally getting what they need. And hopefully this keeps Kawhi Leonard boosted, keeps him going, keeps him motivated to help his team win in advance. So what does that mean for the future? With all this being said, and them just getting out the first round, obviously they would need to make it further. The second round is still not enough, but you're going against the Utah Jazz, so that's going to be tough. But if they do succeed in this, let's just look at what this would mean if they make it to the NBA Finals. If they make it to the NBA Finals, in my opinion, next year, it's obvious to say that the Clippers are the team to beat in the West, for sure, because you would need to go through them to make it out of the West, because if they're able to beat the number one seeded Jazz, who has been number one basically the entire season, with the exception that they swapped for a couple of days with the Phoenix Suns, but they went back to the number one spot. If you're able to beat this team, who has a potential defensive player of the year, the sixth man of the year, potential coach of the year, and in an argument to say that Donovan Mitchell would have been talked about as one of the MVPs uh, candidates earlier in the season, maybe not a finalist, that if you're able to beat this team with what you have and make it to the finals, that enough would say that you're the team you need to beat. Even if the Golden State Warriors come back healthy with who they have, you still need to beat the Clippers. Even if the Lakers retool, you still need to be the Clippers because at that point they made it to the finals and beat and beat this team. Then, and then uh, ultimately beat the next team in the Western conference finals to make it to the NBA finals. Then that means they've done something right. Something that's clicked and they're where they need to be. And it's just ongoing forward from there. And it's going to be something where you're going to have to figure out how to stop these guys because now these guys are the champs and you have to take care of business against these guys. You have to take them a lot more serious this upcoming year than you did last year. So that is one scenario there is if they make it to the NBA finals, but let's look at another scenario. If the Clippers win the NBA finals, then if they win the NBA finals, obviously the battle for LA is back. And you might say, well, the battle for LA is already back because the Lakers lost in the first round. But here's the kicker for me is the battle is not quite there because even though the Lakers lost in the first round in 2020, they won the championship. They made it to the spot that the Clippers wanted to be. And then not only making it to the finals, like I said, when you win the chip, you know, it's a call and response. So now the Clippers, yeah, you have the upper hand in making it further than the Lakers, but you have to win the chip. So if you win the championship and make it to the, you know, make it to the NBA finals and win the 2021 championship, then it's a back and forth. Now it's a real battle. Now Kawhi looks like the best player in LA. And now he has one ring to the Clippers versus one ring to the Lakers under Le Le LeBron era for the Lakers. So that's going to re-spark that rivalry as being the huge headline there of, okay, who owns LA and who's going to be the next one to win the next ring? In my opinion, between these two teams alone, that's going to be the headline. Like I said, this is if, the Los Angeles Clippers win the championship this year because who knows who they would have to face to uh, win this. I mean, we can obviously assume that, you know, 
it's going to be probably like the Bucks next or, or, or Sixers. I mean, could be the Hawks if the Hawks come out somehow, but at least between the first three teams there, you know, those are tough teams. So if you could beat either one of those teams after making it out of the West, then congratulations there. And that, that would be enough set to put your stamp and kind of, you know, forget a little bit about what happened in 2020. And then 2020 becomes a big what if of what if they didn't play in the bubble? What if they played like in a normal season? Would they have made it further? But Paul George might not have that, you know, that I don't want to say disability, but that kind of hiccup as far as him being mind blocked by his own perception of, of things that would have led to some form of depression that he suffered from. So, you know, not to get too far into that, but like I had mentioned, they won the finals. I mean, Kawhi would definitely be king. You know, there would probably be narratives of people saying that Kawhi Leonard's the king of the league. Like I say, if you're going against the Nets and you beat them, if you're going against the Milwaukee Bucks and you beat them for sure, or the Sixers assuming and beats healthy and you beat them, then, you know, that narrative's going to be coming out again, not just the king of LA, but he might be considered by some, probably not by me, but by some as the best player in the world. Um, but yeah, that's something to look forward to. But also, let's go back to LeBron and company, which brings me back to the original part of this, this video, the main topic of how will the Clippers advancing, or if they do advance this far, how is this making good sense for LeBron? What is it triggering to make a situation that is great for LeBron? And for me, it has to come down to LeBron and you know, his company are becoming the underdogs now. They are going to be the team that is going to look like the lesser of the teams in L.A. for sure between Kawhi Leonard's Clippers and LeBron's Lakers. And that's just because of you're going to go off of the most recent season, which would be the narrative of the Clippers won the 2021 NBA title and the Lakers got bounced in the first round. But the good thing is LeBron always plays with – you know, when he plays in the situation where he is an underdog, I think that's when he performs best. Um, you know, we saw when he was in Miami the first year when they were basically, you know, favorites all across the board to win the championship and they crumbled under and did not win. They lost against the Mavs. I think that was a six game series. And the next season, people just, you know, Obviously, they still look like a great team, but people just kind of looked at them like, you know, are you going to repeat that this year? Same thing like what the Clippers just did. And I think if that happens with the Lakers, you know, and the Clippers here in this scenario that LeBron is going to be hungry to make sure he does everything what he can to win a championship once more and to be better than the Clippers and to take the Clippers out like we saw him do in 2012 during that whole regular season. Not the finals per se, because you're going against a young OKC team led by Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden off the bench. But through that whole regular season, I mean, I would say that he was probably a favorite in 2013 after uh, winning in 2012 because of the repeat. But, you know, when we saw him going against the Golden State Warriors and they won in 2016, the Cavaliers there, uh, after their second, after basically you know, losing against that same exact team the year before in 2015, comes back with everybody, his full squad for 2016. It was an underdog and he won there. And then, you know, so forth with last year and 2020 with the Clippers being, you know, the talk of the news, mostly because of Kawhi just winning the championship in 2019 
and building the team the way he wanted it, that the Clippers were going to be the favorites to win the championship and not the Lakers. So once again, that underdog branding of the team is what I think, in my opinion, what really drives LeBron James to be great. But, you know, there's health concerns here. So it just depends. And then along with that health concern comes into recruitment. Now, I don't know all the details about how the Lakers can work out their, you know, free agency as far as trying to sign players or what they can do with trades. But we know that, you know, there's different scenarios where teams can just almost trade everybody away and suffer their main pieces to make things work. So, you know, if the Clippers definitely make it this far, this might help LeBron's recruitment as far as him trying to get other players to play with him without it looking like they're playing under him but more so with him because you would be the underdogs as the Lakers. So the Clippers would be the favorites. LeBron has now some type of health issue. Don't know if it's lingering, but he had a growing injury uh, issue when he first came to LA in his first season with them. And then now this with his ankle in this third season with the Lakers. So who's to say what kind of shape or longevity conditioning he would be in for next season. I think he'll be in great shape because he always takes care of his body. He invests a lot in that. But as far as him being back to 100%, you know, he said himself he doesn't think he'd get ever back to 100%, but he's going to try to get to some form of whatever 100% will be in the new reality. And when you take that into consideration that LeBron and, you know, father time is catching up with him, and then you throw in AD's health within himself, somebody could possibly come in and fill that role as the potential star for the Lakers going forward after the LeBron era, you know, side by side with, um, with AD Anthony Davis. But if Anthony Davis keeps getting hurt, then, you know, he might start looking more so like a definite number two option in the future after LeBron leaves. And I'm not saying it would be uh, any specific player, but if we're looking at somebody like Damian Lillard, who wants to possibly leave Portland, you know, he's not going to want to try to play from what they say underneath a shadow of LeBron. But in this scenario, if the Lakers are really that much of an underdog and LeBron is kind of set back and AD is set back, then this could be your opportunity to play for one of the headline franchises in, in the league, probably the number one franchise overall, as far as the perspective of, of glory in the league. So, you know, look for that as well in the off season. You know, if the Clippers were to win the finals and then just to wrap everything up and just touch on that scenario as well with LeBron and AD, you know, if the Clippers win with this approach of how they rest Kawhi Leonard, I don't know if they did as much load management this year as they did last year. I mean, he did have some games off, but I felt like he did play a lot more. But with AD and LeBron's health, this might be a new formula that they might have to start partaking in. I know LeBron tries to play when he can. I think he did a little bit of low management there towards the end of the regular season just because he knew he wouldn't be um, as effective in the postseason to try to rest up. But we might see that happen more so with those two guys in particular going into next season where they might alternate who plays which game, especially on back-to-backs, so they can get some rest and just basically focus on the postseason. So once again, that third star or superstar could come in handy as a role that, you know, they become almost somewhat more of a future face of the franchise as these two guys kind of deal with their health issues. Uh, once again, everybody, if you're watching this video and you like it, give us a thumbs up. 
If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. And if you are subscribed, please share the video. And you can catch us on anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast for the audio only versions of the podcast, as well as Spotify. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram under KishYZ, K I S H underscore YZ. Thanks everybody for kicking in the second half. Peace and love.